0: Well, my name is Jay Cole. I'm one of the pastors here, and it's it's actually my privilege to greet you and move right into our message this morning. And and we're moving into a season. It's the holiday season. Did you have a good Thanksgiving? By the way, you did. Awesome. Well, we're moving into a season where folks are more open to the light than ever, and often even more resistant to it. If we could go to Genesis chapter one on the screens real quick, we're moving into a series called "Let There Be Light." In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. We just sang about how this God of the universe, he chases us, and he'll knock down anything to have the light shine upon us. Guys, do you like that song? Have you you experienced the light chasing you? You have. Have you experienced this light, the let there be light, chase you all the days of your life? I don't know about you, but I've run from the light, but the light continues to chase me to shine upon me, to light the path for me. And in fact, the season we're moving in is a light season. It's an exciting season. And the one who leads us into the season is no other than God himself. And the call as we move into December and as we move into this season is to simply allow the light to shine upon us the light that has been chasing us all the days of our lives, for it to shine upon us, for it to shine in us, for it to actually shine through us into everywhere we go. How does that sound to you in this season? Awesome. awesome! Really good. Here's what I'd like to do. Would you just like for us to pause and pray and respond to the light who has chased you, has chased me all the days of our lives. And just to be responsive to that light in this moment. To say yes to the light, maybe for the first time. Maybe it's been a regular occurrence for you on a regular basis. Let's pray together. So God, we just want to say thank you for the privilege to know that you are the light that you have been chasing us all the days of our lives and in this moment we pause and we open ourselves up to you as the light and we ask that you would shine in this room that you would shine in our minds and in our hearts would you open our ears and open our eyes and open our hearts To see and to hear and to feel and to think the very things that you see and you hear and you feel and you think. And so we we say yes to you this morning. And it's in Jesus that we pray. Amen. Well, I want to go back to Ephesians chapter 5 as we begin this morning. and, And I want us to hear what God thinks about you and me and what he actually has for us, what he wants to do in us and upon us. And you can follow along as you listen, on the screens you'll be able to read Ephesians chapter five, verses eight through 14.
1: For you were once darkness, but now you are the light in the Lord. Live as children of light, For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible, and everything that is illuminated becomes a light. This is why it is said, wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you.
0: So leave that up on the screen. That last verse, wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine upon you. I just want to tell you on the front end of this message that that is the call today. That we would wake up from our slumber. That we would allow God to shine upon us so that we can be the people of light. If you go back two slides real quick for me. One more. For we were once darkness. He didn't just say you were in darkness. He actually says you were darkness. But here's what's beautiful. But you are light in the Lord. Can you read that with me? But now you are light in the Lord. Here we go. But now you are light in the Lord. He's making a declaration about who we are. We were once darkness, but now we're the light. And so God is calling us to wake up in this season. And I can't think of a better day to wake up than today. Did you wake up today? Yes. Well, I know you did. You're here. But, but have you woken up to the light to allow the, the light of God to shine upon you? That light chases us, it's none other than God. God actually says of himself, he is the light. Over in 1 John chapter 1, verse 5, reads like this. God is light, in fact, in him there is no darkness at all. And we understand the nature of light because light illuminates light from like a flashlight or a headlight or a lantern it exposes the darkness, whatever might be in the path, and it provides this sense of, of direction, sort of like a lighthouse, a beacon, or the runway lights. I don't know how many of you flew over the holiday. Are you glad for runway lights? Yes. It gives a sense of direction, for safety. But here's what's amazing about this God who says He is light we can rest assured that when he shines his light on us we can trust him because like the sunlight for instance it brings warmth it brings a sense of direction it brings a sense of timing you can look and see where the sun is and get a sense of time god is like that or god is like a laser light i don't know if you have ever had lasik surgery i've had eye surgery And uh, they they use this precision laser and, you know, in in the video and all the prep time, they say, hey, it's not going to be a big deal. Well, they can't put me out. I had to look at the laser light precision, you know, burning off part of the lens but but God can, he's like that where he's, he can be so precision that even in these moments as he shines the light on you, on me, he can be so precise about the things that he touches and he puts his finger on. Or it reminds me of back in high school, some of you might not get this, back in high school we used to have a thing called the dark room, do you remember that? where we'd take those photographs from that camera and we'd bring it into the dark room. And what color was the light in the dark room? It was red. And the reason for the red light is it didn't overexpose these precious photographs. God is like that red light. His intent isn't to overexpose as to embarrass. No, God actually brings things to the light so he can encourage and he can strengthen, and he can give comfort. But, but then there's that black light. You familiar with that black light? Well, I got introduced to the black light when I was uh, in our home in Colorado. We were purchasing the home, and the homeowner said, hey, we just put new carpet downstairs. Well, it smelled like uh, cats had been down there. You know the smell of cats. And I'm not talking about fur, right? I mean, it was strong. So I had somebody come over with a black light, turn off all the lights, and as we shone that black light all over this new carpet, you could see where the cat had been. Again, the black light exposes those things that are even done in secret. God is like that. I mean, he can see right through to the secret things, but again, he doesn't overexpose. He actually brings the light as the light Not to cause us to be afraid or to fear, but actually cause us to be free. See, God, as light, he's not afraid of the dark. God's not afraid of the dark. Psalm 139.12 tells us, Even the darkness will not be dark to you. The light will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. Back to Genesis 1. Darkness was over the surface of the deep and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters and God said, let there be light. You might have your own sense of darkness and heaviness, but Holy Spirit is well acquainted and doesn't mind hovering over that heaviness or darkness because God is not afraid of the dark. And he can speak light into any dark situation. And so with God as my light, I don't have to be afraid. With God as our light, we don't have to be afraid. Uh, Here's how the psalmist frames it in Psalm 27, verse 1 to 3. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Pause there for a moment. Well, when we talk about the Lord being our light, it's this sense of direction that God gives us. When we talk about salvation, maybe a foreign word to you, God delivers us out of the heaviness and difficulty of situations. Stronghold, again, not a word we use in our everyday language. God is the defense of my life. So, what is the psalmist telling us? God will give us direction as light. God will be the defense of my life as my stronghold. And God will deliver me out of the darkness as light. I don't have to be afraid. You don't have to be afraid. If God can be for us, he tells us, who can be against us? Now, how many of you as children were afraid of the dark? How many of you as adults are afraid of the dark? There there are some, right? I remember as a child being afraid of the dark and I, I remember this time, five years old, I'm laying in the bed and I, I promise you, every night I heard footsteps. You Ever had that phenomenon? I mean, even in my mind, I could see the footprints in this plush carpet. And, and I would get slow and slight in my breathing. I'd even hold my breath so I could hear the footsteps. I got so afraid. Now, as an adult, I have no problem getting up out of bed, and I have to occasionally, as an older guy, it wasn't meant to be funny. It's not a funny problem. I get out of bed in the dark, and we all know what walking in the dark looks like. Looks like this. You've had it, you know what it's like, and if it's not the pinky toe, it's the Legos, If it's not the Legos, it's the pins, it's the glass. Okay, we can take that down. How could our smallest toe be our biggest foe? It's not the toe that's the foe. It's my belief that I can navigate even the most familiar things in the dark. And when I try to do that, my toe might look like that. It's what I do. I don't want to impose it on you. I think, hey, I've got this. I've actually walked my bedroom, and I, I, I did a rough estimate, at least 2,500 times. So I think if I get up in the middle of the night in my fog, and I stumble in the dark, that it's actually a good idea. Or here's what I think in the moment, even though it's foggy, I don't want to disrupt my wife by turning on the lights. So here's the deal. I know for me, it's like that in life. I attempt to navigate the familiar with actually out without turning on the light. And in my stupor of life, the heaviness of, the fog of, the, the hustle and bustle of, the heaviness, maybe the darkness that presses in through socioeconomics, the political climate, that I can actually move around in this darkness and try and navigate without the light. And what happens to me without a true compass, I will create other compasses to try and navigate by. I'll try and navigate by the circumstances. Have you done that? I'll try and navigate by the opinions of other people. Or I'll try and navigate at least from within myself. And what God actually says is, no, I'm calling you to the light. I'm calling you to wake up to the light. I want us to hear again Ephesians chapter 5, 8 to 14. You can look at the screens as it's read. It's in a different translation this time. Here's what God says to us, what He wants for us, what He wants to do through us. Try it one more time. Give it up for Lori. <laughs>
1: Once your life was full of sin's darkness, but now you have the very light of our Lord shining through you because of your union with him. Your mission is to live as children flooded with his revelation, light. And the supernatural fruits of his light will be seen in you, goodness, righteousness, and truth. Then you'll learn to choose what is beautiful to our Lord. And don't even associate with the servants of darkness because they have no fruit in them. Instead, reveal truth to them. The very things they do in secret are too vile and filthy to even mention. Whether the revelation light exposes, it will also correct, and everything that reveals truth is light to the soul. This is why the scriptures say, arise, you sleeper, rise up from the dead, and the anointed one will shine his light into you. Mm.
0: So, so good. He says that actually God's scripture, his Bible, his word is light to us. And so how do we actually walk in the light? And honestly, it is really, really simple. Not always easy to do. It's this. If you want to walk in the light, you listen to God's truth and you do what it says. See, in James, he tells us this. Do not listen to the word of truth and not respond to it. For that, in essence, is self-deception. So always let his word become like poetry, written and fulfilled by your life. See, God wants his light to shine in us and through us in such a way that his language, his words, his truth, is demonstrated by our lives. Where the language of God becomes my actual lifestyle and practice. And we have some helpers in this light-walking business. The Bible. God's Word. You can have a written copy. I've got a digital copy on each of my devices. Or you can go to something like BibleGateway.com on your computer. We have ready access to the light of God's Word that can be a compass for all that I do. And God actually invites us to not only read it, but to meditate on it. You know what meditation is? This is gonna be a disgusting analogy, but you'll never forget it. If you were a farmer, you'd understand that a, a cow chews its stuff, swallows it, brings it back up, chews the cud, goes back down. You got the picture? We can ingest God's word Let it simmer down deep in us. Bring it back up. Chew on it a little bit more. Let it go back down. Bring it back up. Meditate on it. So we read it. We meditate on it. We also can memorize it. The psalmist says this. Your word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. We also have the helper, Holy Spirit, who says when Jesus said when he comes, he'll guide you into all the truth. And so the reason that I actually meditate on God's word and and I memorize it is Holy Spirit will bring to recall. He has access to those things that are in my heart and in my head. We, We also have the living word. That's what Jesus reminds us he is out of John 1. He is alive to show us what it's like to live by God's truths. And then we also, we have the community of disciples. The community of disciples are those that have chosen to follow Christ. John 1 says this, verse 12, as many as receive him, the light, to them God gives the right to be called the children of God, to be called the children of light. So so maybe this morning, as the light shines upon you, you say, I want to receive the light who is Jesus to be my compass and direction in life. And it is possible here today, I mean, part of the reason we do gather is to declare this light, this Jesus, to lift him up. Here's what God says, when he is lifted up, he will draw all men and women to himself. And so we lift up this Jesus this morning and if he is shining his light on you and you say, I want to receive that light, you can simply say to him, okay, God, I'm sorry for that darkness that I've been a part of. And I I confess it. That's what I've done. And then you can say, "I, I just want to say, would you please come in to my life? Thank you for dying on the cross for me. So it's, sorry, God. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. Please come into my life. Sorry, thank you, please. It's quite simple. So this community of Christ followers who are following Jesus who is the light, you want to walk or you want to be wise? You walk with the wise. You you want to be in the light? Then you walk with the people of the light. Now you might be saying, hey Jay, you don't know my situation. You don't understand that I really am in a dark time right now. It's a dark season for me. And here's the deal. While I wish you no additional pain, God speaks to the very thing of our own darkness. Because he is light. God wants to shine his light on the darkness that you sense you're in. He is not far away. He's not unfamiliar with the dark season that you find yourself in. He doesn't shy away. What he does is he draws near. And then he actually asks us to draw near. And interestingly enough, even in our darkest times, God actually says to us, settle down. Let me me say it again. Because it could seem insensitive and it's not. In our darkest times, God actually comes near to us And he says, settle down. How do I know he does this? Well, in ancient times, his people were led away in their darkest season by God into a place of exile called Babylon. And they longed actually to go to Jerusalem. They had a dream for that place. And God instead led them again into exile and it was their darkest time and it wasn't going to be two years, it was actually going to be 70 years. And I want us to listen to what God says to these people in ancient times when they were going through their darkest time, God wasn't insensitive to their plight, but he actually spoke light right into their darkness. Listen in.
2: This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to those I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and settle down, plant gardens, and eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number there, do not decrease. Also seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it proffers, you too will prosper. Yes, this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel says. Do not let the prophets and diviners among you deceive you. Do not listen to their dreams or encourage them. They are prophesying lies in my name. I have not sent them. This is what the Lord says. When 70 years are complete from Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill my good promise to bring you back to this place. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back from captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and places I have banished you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back to the place from which I carried you into exile.
0: So did you hear it? It's the same call to us in the best of times or in the darkest of times. God comes to them right in the middle of the darkest time. They had this dream for Jerusalem, but God said, no, I have a plan while you're in Babylon and you're stuck between the two. God actually told them to settle down, plant gardens, eat what you produce, marry and have your sons and daughters, find wives, marry, settle in. I mean, that doesn't sound like a short-term plan, does it? Build a house, plant a garden, marry your children off. It sounds like long-term plans. It's the same call for us today. God calls us to settle down even in the midst of our darkness because we can remember He is light and if He is our light, I don't have to be afraid and actually darkness and light are the same to Him. It's the same call to us then, today as it was then and I don't know if you heard it. Seek the peace and prosperity of the city. In the midst of their darkest, heaviest time, God called them to seek the peace and prosperity of the city. He said, hey, don't decrease, but increase. So I ask us this morning, Heartland, as people of the light, do you have in your heart, even if you find yourself in a dark time, do you find yourself saying, I want to seek the prosperity of our city? See, Heartland was actually founded for that very reason, that we'd build a church for the unchurched. And God is still writing a story called Heartland where he wants us to bring peace and prosperity to the city. Is that in your hearts? We have a few. It's the desire of God for us to seek the peace and the prosperity of the city. And maybe you feel like you're in exile. Maybe you feel like you've been carried away to your own Babylon. Maybe you've been asking God, God, why have you done this to me? And just like these people of God of old, you have a dream and you're stuck in a different place, which might be your nightmare. And here's what God says. God says, I have not given up on you or your dream. In fact, your nightmare is light to me. I'm just asking you to settle down. Build houses, plant gardens, have your children marry, prosper the city. He's asking us to be light to the city. Do you feel stuck between your Jerusalem and your Babylon? Here's the promise. God's not given up on his dream for your life and he has a plan for the Babylon you find yourself in. And often it's not a change of your environment as much as it's a change of your investment. See, when God wants to do something in a nation... When God wants to do something in a city, when God wants to do something in a network of people, when God wants to do something in a workplace, when God wants to do something in a neighborhood or a family, he does it through a person. He does it through people. And he shines the light of a burden in the heart of a man or a woman to do something about it. He shines that light in hopes that we'll respond. So here's the question for you. Who pushed back the darkness yesterday for you to live in the light today? Who is living in light today because you pushed back the darkness yesterday? Here's the most riveting question for us. Who's living in darkness tomorrow because you're not stepping into the light today? The call for us is to be awake from our slumber for the sake of the prosperity of the city And we get to be a beneficiary of that personally. So for the past 20 years, I've done church work. And I've had on average about two people a week come to me with a legitimate burden in their heart. And they've asked me to do something about their burden. And my answer's always been the same. I can't be responsible for your burden. But I can help you take responsibility if you're willing to take action personally. then see, here's how the burden comes my way two times a week. You know, here's what the church needs. Well, you know, here's what we should do. Often it's even this bold. Hey, do you know what you should do? No, you know what the church needs? The church actually needs more people taking action on the burden that God puts in their heart. Because if we just talk about the burden that God's put in our heart and expect others to do it, one of my friends calls that the illusion of fluency. We talk so much and do so little. Now here's the deal. If I'm not careful, those two a weeks that come my way, and they sound amazing, by the way, if I take somebody else's legitimate burden and I embrace that two times a week, Could you imagine all the burdens I'd be carrying in a a month? That's eight new things a month. I can't take somebody else's legitimate burden because it'll turn it into my leadership load rather than a leadership lift. Does that make sense, friends? If God is shining the light of a burden in your heart... He's actually calling to you to take action on that burden. You can invite other folks in. You can be permissioned to go for it. It reminds me of uh, Mary Williamson's, my favorite quote, Uh, our deepest fear is not that we're inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we're powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous, actually Who are you not to be? You're a child of God. You're playing small, does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We're all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. We are liberated from our fear our presence automatically liberates others. See, in him we are light. Ephesians chapter five, verse eight says, you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. And if the Lord shines a burden on your heart in this season in particular, the guarantee is he will bring it to pass. Here's what he says in 1 Thessalonians five twenty four: The one who calls you is faithful and he will do it. Philippians 2.13, another promise. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. So we can have the confidence that if God shines on us a particular burden, he'll give us the ability and the strength to carry it out. So we're moving into this season of let there be light. God shining the light, the reminder of Jesus' birth. That's what Christmas is all about. And by the way, it's a perfect thing to do and invite folks in this season as we go through this new series of Let There Be Light, moving us toward Christmas at Heartland to invite your friends to uh, this month, but also to the Christmas services here at Heartland on Monday and Tuesday. So some of the simplest ways we can let our light shine this December. Could be the kind word that a family member that a coworker needs. It could be the invitation to coffee, to share story. It could be a simple gift, not expecting any return. It could be inviting that lonely person into a meal, or better yet, even into friendship. So my question is: will you wake up out of the slumber? and let Christ shine on you the light that's been chasing you all the days of your life i realize it's easy to be resistant to that so as the as the band comes and plays it's our response song and here's what i'm going to invite you to do during the song i'm going to invite you to draw a circle i'm going to invite you to step into that circle I'm gonna invite you to ask God to shine his light on everything in that circle. And invite you within that circle to ask God to shine his light through that circle. And simply just ask Holy Spirit to guide you, to speak to you, and for you to tell him, I will respond to your nudges. So let me rehearse that again. Draw a circle, step inside, Ask God to shine his light in that circle and shine his light through that circle.